welcome to today's episode of Girls Got Goals, a podcast for the woman who is chasing her goals while balancing the demands of everyday life. I'm your host, Chelsea Reed. And I'm your host, Brittany Fraze. And today we're talking about conflicts in our relationships as part two of our relationship series. In this episode, we're sharing our personal encounters with disagreements, tension, and the everyday ebb and flow of being in a relationship. There's no denying that conflict and disagreements are a part of any healthy relationship, so our goal is to shed light on our own experiences and share how we proactively navigate these situations. Again, as prefaced in part one of our series, the purpose of this is not to disrespect our partners or portray them negatively, but to share with you our own experiences and speak to the realness of conflict in relationships in order to assure you that you're not alone in what you may be facing and that by coming together we can find comfort from each other's stories. So recently... Because we knew we were going to be talking about this, we wanted to do a little bit of research into um, the top causes of conflict in your relationship. So the basically the six that we have listed are kids, finances, personal intimacy, insecurity, household responsibilities, and lack of effective communication. Do any of those ring true for you, Chelsea? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's definitely a, a few top, um, top three, I guess, that you that I would say. But um, I think financial is a big one. I think yes. that um, between Rick and I, you know, um, fin- I think with every couple, you know, this, this rings true. But especially for people who I feel like are, like, I guess I would categorize us as middle class, like Rick and I. Like, we work he works a very demanding job and a physically laborious one and there's no denying that in scenarios like that often you know he, he may not be fairly compensated um and I I work a part-time job as well as pursuing my own business so he's given me a lot of freedom in regards to pursuing my dreams which may mean that there's not as much of a consistent income coming in all of the time right. um because I'm kind of finding my footing in that. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we've always struggled with. And with having two kids, you know, we also met when I had one child who was a financial obligation to myself, but he has taken on the role of stepdad and um, she's become a financial obligation as well. And as our lives have blended together. Um, but I think that, you know, when things get tight or when unexpected things happen, it's super easy to just like lose it and blow up on each other and kind of like, play the blame game even sometimes when really no one's to blame it's just life is happening and um and you just take it out on each other absolutely totally you're like the you're the person who's there to like hear you know hear them word vomit all of their frustrations and then sometimes you feel attacked or like right it's your fault like even just recently like I can speak to this personally um we just obviously we bought a new house just like quite a few months ago right beside you and and um just this past year Rick's really let me experiment with my business and kind of figure my footing in that and that has meant me working part-time and only taking in a consistent income part-time and everything else in my business just kind of you know it's there's an ebb and flow to it um and we've gotten a bigger financial obligation with this house and I think that sometimes um when things get tight it's natural to just get really frustrated and I immediately feel like I'm the cause. Whether or not he's made me feel that way, I feel that way. Why? I think that because that comes from a place of my own insecurity. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely, which we can talk about more too. But, um, you know, when he gets frustrated about money, like, he'll say to me sometimes, like, you know, things are tight right now. Like, I'm just frustrated. Immediately, I kind of feel like it's, it's because I'm not contributing as much. But then mm. there are also times where he maybe subliminally, like, will 
will kind of hint at like he wishes that my business would be bringing in more consistently so things were a little bit more predictable and and that just it causes that tension right um so that's a normal thing and then again um household stuff is a big one (laughs) yeah I think that is I'm like I'm not OCD by any means or like (laughs) a perfectionist like I'm very flexible but I, I like find that, that you use the word flexible. <laughs> very <laughs> like if you don't want to do it today, you could do it tomorrow. That's just get it done sometime. <laughs> like my God, I'm giving you options here, man. But yeah, like honestly, I think that there's just different expectations and um, different standards, I guess, of like cleanliness and like living conditions. <laughs> when I first moved in with Rick, oh my God, you guys, like <laughs> I love him, but he just has really twisted ideas of what like clean is but your your box method yeah yeah like he used (laughs) to leave everything on the counter like his gym clothes his shoes his dirty laundry his socks like anything that was at the bottom of his bag or in his car which is like dumped on the kitchen island and I used to swipe it into boxes and he just get so pissed off because he could never figure out where (laughs) anything was and I'm like just get it off the kitchen island like we cook and we eat here like this is disgusting dirty Um, socks yeah But you know what? He's gotten a lot better. I was just saying actually to Brittany earlier, you guys, he's been doing the dishes a ton. He's been helping me out like now that we have this new house. And I think it's just a lot more like of a motivation to maintain a brand new home as well. But before like, oh, that was one of our major, major fights. And I think that when he did do things, I may be wrong here. I may hear about this later. This is your perspective, (laughs) This is my perspective, like, is that he wanted, like, a pat on the shoulder or a gold star for doing the things that, like, I do every single day and it's just, Mm -hmm. like, a part of life. And if I didn't give that to him, then I feel like it was almost like this, it was just, like, this tension right away. Like, I didn't give him the, the, the immediate gold star for doing the things that I just, I expected him to do as my partner. And that caused a lot of frustration. And I think it caused, it caused quite a bit of conflict in the initial stages of our relationship as we first started living together, especially. Right. Um, but I would say those are our top, those are our top two for sure. And then going into, like, intimacy as well like we just have we're different in that in that way like rick is definitely the one who um craves affection a lot more on every in every aspect my like love language is just words of affirmation like that's how i feel loved whereas his is a physical thing um and not just not just always sex but you know just at the end of the day like snuggling and whereas like i've been home all day with kids or i work in a daycare so i've been having kids all over me and i'm 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 sure other moms listening will understand this term, but I'm touched out. Yes. I don't, like, want to be touched. So finding that, like, common ground of intimacy when, like, he's been alone all day on the field at work most of the time, and he just craves that from me. And so that causes a lot of tension in us, too, because um, he feels unloved. And then he gets frustrated, and he gets angry, and he kind of takes it out of me, and then I feel disrespected, which... That cycle that you're going to talk about, yes, that you've mentioned to me before too, is is that's kind of where it's where it stems from. Is mm-hmm. he doesn't feel he doesn't feel loved because I'm not showing him the affection that he craves, and then it causes a fight where I feel disrespected, and then I don't want to show the love and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, those are those are pretty much like the main causes of our conflict. I would say that it's pretty much like those are the recurring ones. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be kind of different things that come and go as life happens, but those would be my top, top few. What about you guys? Ooh, well, honestly, I mean, I could touch on all six realistically. I mean, if, 
it starts off with one and I find sometimes it cycles through, right? Or mm. it kind of leads from one to the other. So maybe it starts off with finances, but then there's like lack of effective communication. Yeah. So you don't have anything there. And then that leads to no personal intimacy or, and then for me, um, if there's no intimacy, I feel unloved. And then that leads to insecurity, right? right. So like ding, 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 all of the, above. all the boxes. <laughs> yeah. And kids, well, kids are always just stressful in the sense that it takes away from, making your spouse a priority which i think is super important and we forget to do it all all the time right like the the key point of having to date your spouse to keep that relationship because if you two aren't strong then your kids sense that or know that right but they pick up on those little emotions mm-hmm. and um realistically that just affects the whole family dynamic but finances for sure um because we're running our businesses on the side and trying to invest more money to grow them right we're at that stage now where it's like okay well we've put this much in but to take it to the next level there needs to be another um there needs to be more growth and to have that growth and what we do a lot of times needs to more time and more money or you know um just more money and that's where we're at so we're trying to take some of that and put more money over there so we can grow and have more money later. Right. But you have to let it go and let it grow. So yeah, that capital. Yeah. So with that being said, um, we also have a couple family trips going on. We're going to Mexico in January. Tyler's going to Thailand, um, doing my tattoo. So just a lot of things that we've put on the list, maybe too many at once. And then, um, driving home, not yesterday, but the day before. And we have this stupid little corner, um down our highway coming into town and it's got like a jagged edge it kind of like reaches off you know by the shell there like on the way down Mm. the highway anyways so i hit kind of like went off onto the shoulder and it's so jagged that it like somehow sheer luck i don't even know it hit the interior rim of my car and like made it my tire flat so i bent the rim on the tire so it's not like you can just get a new tire you have to get a whole new rim mm-hmm. and of course it's like a special nissan rim and all this stuff but we already needed new tires but we were waiting to save money to do so and now it's just like well we might as well get them now because yeah. we need a new fucking rim like fuck <laughs> and then of course i get back and i i already as soon as it happens i try calling him he doesn't answer he's busy with the kids not a problem completely understandable some lovely man in his 50s comes out and helps me like takes off the tire I could have done it myself it was just super appreciative that he was there to help and the whole way back home I just had this like tightness or like this feeling in my chest because I just knew it was gonna lead to something like um for my husband when he is stressed about finances or money he kind of like retreats like stays in doesn't talk like just gets very um focused and tries to like be do what he the role he's supposed to do which is like as a man you know he wants to be the provider right so when finances are tight he feels that's just on him which is i understand that perspective you know um so going into that i knew he would be upset Mm -hmm. and like i knew he's already so like maxed out at the capacity that there would be conflict um and there was and it's just like frustrating um but we also try to not argue around the children and their home, right? Because it's like six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then I had volleyball. So I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting later. And what ends up happening um, with my husband, um, when we go back to talk about that love and respect cycle, um, he just kind of like, again, takes it in and like doesn't say much and leaves it and just needs time to like, 
process. Mm-hmm. So um, we went um, about our evenings and then I came back and just like still felt shitty and he ended up leaving to go pick up an order and just like didn't talk about it. But um, we left it and then talked about it the next day. But it's just like one of those things like it just like everything piles up. And for us like finances are the worst because that's literally the one topic where he'll quiet like quiet down about it um where I'm a more vocal and as women we want to talk it out like talk to me like what's going on right like I need Mm -hmm. to focus I need to fix it so that's a hard one for us and then personal intimacy for us which we will talk about in another episode but um he I'm the one who's kind of the person seeking it where he's the one kind of like I wouldn't say withholding but um just we're at this point in our lives where he's um, with stress and other uh, circumstances right he just doesn't um he's not into it where mm-hmm. I'm like hey here I am you want some like I want some you know <laughs> he's fr- and literally he's just like no <laughs> but no he's just like you're too much and like I'm just not feeling this right now like you know or I, I get too silly about it or I try I am too funny about it and I think that's because my insecurities of worried about his reaction that sounds like rick right and that's what happens like because this is the problem the the topic or the um top cause of relation the conflict in the relationship with the personal intimacy i feel like it's because we have to become vulnerable yeah right and that vulnerability is scary and no one wants to be vulnerable so what's the best way to deal with vulnerability to make it it funny funny. right and that's where that comes into play um and then when I don't receive that, I get um, insecure. And then mostly kind of leads to, like, self-insecurity, like, my yeah. looks. But then I sometimes, like, you know, there's doubts in the relationship. So I'm like, what if, you know, oh, well, he doesn't love me. Like, maybe, like, he's talking to someone else about the problems or whatever, right? Yeah. And there's a whole spiral of just all these things. Um, and I really have to, like, just check myself out of it. Household responsibilities for me aren't, like, aren't huge. I just end up, like, doing it. My mom calls me... I'm not my mom anyways. She said I was an enabler, but I, I told her that I was an enabler because I heard that from my counselor. <laughs> anyway, so she's just like using it against me now that I told yeah. her. Um, but yeah, definitely those are the big ones for us. Um, and just not being able to talk or not communicating because there's so much going on, right? So yeah. That's, that's hard too. But Kind of to riff off of the communication that you were just talking about. Like, do you find that you and Tyler have different forms of communication like do you guys communicate your stresses or your concerns or your feelings differently like Uh, oh absolutely so I want to talk about it and he doesn't like Mm -hmm. he becomes um like he takes it in and kind of becomes like would it be like secluded no reclusive whatever (laughs) (laughs) introvert I don't know introverted no I don't know anyways you guys get what I'm saying like he a keeps turtle it in. in its shell. Yeah. Head goes in <laughs> to the shell. Um, and I'm like poking my head in his shell like, hey, 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 can we talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, can you get the fuck out of here? No, yeah. I'm kidding. He doesn't say that. But that's one of the things that um, ends up happening with, with us is like, I want to talk about it. I want to understand the problem that's going on. Yeah. So I'm like, what's wrong? What's this? And I just berate him with all these questions. And he's like, I literally just need some time to myself to like think things through mm-hmm. right and he's like but the problem is with him is he doesn't talk about it ever then he kind of just like lets it float away yeah and the problem just like stacks yeah and stacks and stacks and then something little will just like flip a switch and then it'll, it'll be a bigger argument than it needs to be mm-hmm. um which is why i always try and advocate to just talk about the things like one at a time as they come up right yes 
But it's on both of our parts because, like I said, I am an enabler. So at times I find it's just easier not to bring it up. Or if I bring it up and he doesn't want to talk about it, I don't want to make things worse. Or I don't want to, if I see he's stressed out, well, I don't want to tell him why I'm stressed out because I don't want to burden him with more. When in reality, we need to be sharing that because if we don't understand what's going on with one another we're not strong and like that's where things crumble that's where like that divider comes that that you know that that's what comes and kind of tears you apart like it puts a wedge in between you that's the yeah. word i was thinking sorry guys i was like making a motion to put <laughs> like with my fingers up a put virtual it down. wall yeah. like there was something in between us shoving it in and it just wasn't working so but a wedge that's what i was trying to think about <laughs> Like, we oh. need to video these, I think, because clearly it'd be um, our hysterical. virtual air quotes. Yeah, our virtual air quotes um, from the car. We could probably just put some a little dash cam because that's where we're sitting again. We're back to the car chronicles, and we're both wearing our plaid boyfriend. Yeah, plaid boyfriend jackets. husband's plaid jackets. We need to hop on a Facebook Live after this and give you a little <laughs> tour of our studio. Oh my goodness, it's epic! Water bottles at the feet. It's just, it's just top notch in here, guys. You're, mm-hmm. You know, nothing better than this space. I'm telling you right now. Um, where were we? Oh yeah. So just, uh, it puts a wedge in between you. And I think that's, um, that's really what makes a difference in the relationship and how yeah. we kind of like differ in our communication. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, they, as my husband wants to analyze, that's what he wants to look at. He wants to take everything and kind of be like, okay, well we need this and this and this. And if we do this, then this will work out for here. Right. And I'm just like, let's talk about it. He's like, I don't even have anything to talk about yeah. right now because I need to look it over. Or, so he like steps back and like plans or like tries to come up with a solution whereas you just want to like talk about the moment the feelings in the moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah more feelings for me for him more practical like here's a problem I want a solution then let's get back to it right yeah is that the same for you guys or is it different man honestly I think so him and I actually are very much the same so it it kind of screws us over in that sense. Whereas like if there's a problem with Rick, if I sense anything is wrong with him, I very, very, very much want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I want to know all of the details. I want to know what he's feeling. I want to know what the cause is. I want to know what I can do to support him. I want to know if it's me, especially. Ooh, yes. But if I'm upset or I feel tension, I don't want to talk about it. Mm. I want to just process. I don't want to talk about it right now. I need to deal. I need to figure out how I feel about this. I need to just like think about my words as well. I really, really like to be very cautious with what I have to say. So with the delivery of my feelings, I want to like, I really want to think of like, how can I say this without coming off as like attacking you or being rude? And like a lot of the times it just comes off that way to him regardless. I think that that's where we really struggle is like he takes offense to things. I take offense to things. And when something's wrong with me, he wants to know what's up. When something's wrong with him, I want to know what's up. But then when we're the ones who are like in the feelings, we both just want to like shut down and be alone and like Mm. process and deal. Like right now we're going through a a season of our life where, you know, we're dealing with a lot of issues right now, Um, like with our home and um you know we've got <laughs> a whole other story I'm not gonna say it out loud on here because I'm not allowed to do that <laughs> but we just got some issues with our new home um and it's causing some stress and today was one of those days where like I could feel the stress like exuding from his pores like it was just it was evident it was there 
And anytime I had asked him if he was okay or if something was wrong, it was just like, like, I can't, I shouldn't have asked that. Cause like, he doesn't want to talk about it and it would just make him almost like frustrated. But at the same time, I want to try and make him feel better. Right. I want to understand so I can help him. And then when the roles are reversed, I want him to leave me alone. So Mm. we're both that way. And that makes it really hard because there's no, I don't know, like. I find it interesting that you want to be like left alone or depressed. Like, do you think it's more so because you're afraid of saying something wrong? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a big, big thing. Okay. So it's not because necessarily that you don't want him to ask you. I I really, really want him to ask me if something is wrong. And I'm like, I will make it really clear that something is wrong. And if he doesn't ask me, I'm so upset. But if he asks me, I'm just like, I'm not ready to talk about it right now. Or if I am ready to talk about it, I kind of like beat around the bush until like, I don't know what it is. If it's maybe like something from my past, I need to talk this out. If anyone has any insight, share with me. But like, I think that I'm like from past experiences believe that a disagreement or like any sort of tension is just going to lead to a blowout right so I almost like fuel it by like beating around the bush and then like saying something that maybe you know I try and be careful about what I say but then I end up just like saying these things and I'm like why did I say that like it just made things worse Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is um I feel the same but like um sometimes I say or I say it and I'm like shit that was horrible right and then you know or there's like that little undertone or whatever that kind of cuts in yeah Um, and that's why this is super bad don't do this i don't recommend this but tyler and i always end up leading to talking about our conversations over text yeah because it's easier i do that yes and i think it's so bad and so not personable and you need to be doing this in person Mm -hmm. but it's a it's convenient because you don't always have the time to talk when there's kids around, right? And then B, you can pick your words. That's exactly, exactly where I feel like that. Like, if Rick and I are in a fight, we've had conflict where there's been times where, like, I'll just, like, get in my car and go grab a coffee and leave the house. But then I will text him how I'm feeling. Mm. But it's because I've, like, gotten out of the space. I've removed the frustration, which is him in this situation. <laughs> gotten a hold of my feelings. And then I'm like, okay, I can say this how I want to say this. I can, like, edit my words as I'm going. Whereas, like, when I feel like I'm sharing something verbally, it's just, like, this, like, v- word vomit. And I'm like, yeah. if I say something wrong and it triggers something worse, like, I'm screwed. Or, like, if I don't get my feelings fully across because I'm too scared to say it out loud, then I'm going to hold resentment. Like, yeah. and in this day and age of having a cell phone, like, it's so easy to do that. And he's called me out on it so many times. Right, but then you come back right. home and the kids are probably there or whatever, right? So it's like, now you have these feelings, you want to share them, but you can't because you come home and the kids are there. So you can't really talk about it at this point. Mm-hmm. You just save it for later. And it's not convenient, but it's so important. Yeah. But it's good that he calls you out on it. Oh, he does all the time. Like, I think it's probably one of his biggest pet peeves about me is that when we do get into an argument... I just, like, I'm in fight-or-flight mode, and I'll, like, just take flight, and then all of a sudden I'm throwing text messages his way, like, novels of, like, how I'm feeling, and he's like, why couldn't you just, why couldn't we have this conversation in person? Like, why do you do this? Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's something from, you know, past experiences that I've had where I just feel like sometimes I even, in scenarios where I probably could just keep things pretty chill and pretty calm i just like initiate an argument Mm. like i don't know yeah definitely has to do with like past relationships childhood trauma right all that stuff leads to certain ways we 
we react to situations, right? For me, I haven't necessarily always been an enabler, but that comes from my fear of not being loved, right? So that's what it is for me. So, like, it's easier for me to not say anything, which I also think is, like, you need to say something because what I'm allowing by not saying anything is you know, we show people how we should be treated, right? We we dictate our, um, our respect or how we should be respected. Yeah. So by not saying something, I'm not saying he, like, walks all over me, but I don't advocate for myself and how I should be respected or what my expectations are, um, which isn't fair to him either, you know? Um, and vice versa. Like, a lot of times I don't think, you know, he doesn't say anything um, until, like, I press and press and press, and he's like, well, this is what I feel. And I'm like, well, if you would have just shared that from the beginning... Like, it would have given me a chance to work on it instead of me doing it, like, ten times over throughout the day, right? Like, same analogy, I feel like, with someone speeding. You know, when you go through, like, a red light camera, like, a red light camera, you don't see it. So, you can go back and forth doing the same speed a million times over and get, like, ten tickets. But if you were to get pulled over by a police officer who would talk to you, tell you the situation, tell you what's wrong, what's going on, you're going to leave there and you're not going to... You're damn straight you're not going to be speeding past that speed again, right? You don't want to risk another ticket. So, it's the same kind of scenario like you don't want to if you don't know you're just gonna keep going back and forth or back and forth or saying it over and over doing the same thing that's causing that tension and that stress without recognizing that's the key issue until it's brought to your attention that makes so much sense because i'm the type of person where like i don't want to be a nag so when the little things come up i try and just like let them roll off my back And then the little things compound and then I just implode. So I think that that's, that's given me insight on something that I can work on. Like, but that's my thing is I don't bring up the little things as they occur because I don't want to be like that nagging wife, like being Mm -hmm. like, okay, today this happened and then today this happened and I felt this way today and I felt this way today and make him feel like I, something's wrong every single day. But then I just lose it. Whereas if maybe I just shared those th- those mm-hmm. things and we can work on them in that like initial moment, I wouldn't have that like massive implosion. Totally. And not to say like, and it's not nagging either if done appropriately, right? Right. Like, he comes home, you know, you're not going to just like don't bombard him at the door and be like this, this, and this, and this. And I only say that because Tyler tells me that's my problem all the time. You bombard like, him? <laughs> yeah. Like he comes home and he's like, you just ask too many questions. Like I'm, I'm just getting home from work. I just literally need like 10 minutes. Like, you know, um we've so Tyler and I have seen um like a relationship counselor and one of the things he recommends um you know if someone's home with the kids or you're both working um you know you each get 15 minutes when you get home from work to have like time for yourself like it doesn't mean play on your phone doesn't mean watch tv just means take 15 minutes um in your room quiet to decompress from the day um so for us if Tyler's home with the kids that looks like me or should look like because we're shitty at implementing it me going uh staying downstairs first he goes up takes 15 minutes he comes back down i take 15 minutes and just allows us that time to like decompress and come back like a little bit more relaxed you know with having the ability to kind of like de-stress from the day right we both and we both work high stress jobs so having that chance to do that um helps a lot Oh, shoot. Sorry, guys. We're just looking. Um, my kid is awake, but I think we should be okay. I'm just going to send a quick message here. The life. Yes. We're in our vehicle, like, outside the house, so. Multitasking. Oh, yeah. I don't have his number. Can you send him a message? Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're keeping this in because this is realness. Little breach of um, the plan. Yeah. Just one second. Um, no, we're just gonna wait, wait here and see what's going on. But no, I totally feel, I feel what you're saying though about like having that time to decompress. I think, uh, I think oh, that he's back asleep. <laughs> success, great success. <laughs> he's back asleep. Okay. Yeah. I think that like, I'm really guilty of that though too. When Rick gets home. So I work in the morning and then in the afternoon, like I take my daughter, my youngest to work. I drop my oldest off at school, take my youngest daughter to work, come home, put her for a nap, get work. I work from home as well. And then I try and kind of get dinner ready and clean up. And when he gets home, like, I feel like I've worked a full day. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but he has two. And then right away when he gets home, I'm kind of like passing the buck and asking him to like pick up where I've left off or like, just give me space. And you know, he's really great about actually giving me space. And I, I am really, really thankful for that. But I think I overlook that sometimes he needs that space too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And you don't really realize it. And I think that's the recognition that comes from, uh, from myself and Tyler, at least like I was the stay at home mom, you know, for two years, like after Olivia, I didn't go back to work. And then I went from that, um, to having Asher, my son, and then um, basically didn't go back to work until April of this year. And at that time, we didn't have childcare um, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, so Tyler had to switch his schedule to stay home with them. And let me tell you, that was an eye opener for him. Mm-hmm. You know, because there were, there was just no realization of like, you know that they kind of like understand to a point of what it's like to stay home and like okay, like I appreciate that you do this, but they they're not really like in there getting their hands dirty they're not in the ring (laughs) yeah they're not boxing it out with the kids no but so i think that was like once he that script kind of got flipped and he saw my perspective um it allowed him to have more appreciation for that as well right which is sometimes um hard to come by if like again if you're not there right if you're not Mm -hmm. not in it you don't realize um until you do it yourself you know walk a mile in someone else's shoes right oh yeah should do it Absolutely. Yeah. I think that was something really common for us too. When Rick switched his on-call schedule and started getting Fridays off mm-hmm. now on Fridays, like he'll often keep the kids for the day and I'll go and do whatever it is that I have to do. And I think that really also opened his eyes too. And that was another thing when it came to like our conflict with household duties. I think that that was another uh, kind of eye opener for him in regards to like what I actually accomplish in a day, considering I have two little terrors <laughs> running around my house, ripping things yeah. apart. And like, you know, I clean my house up after these kids all day and then when he comes home like it may look like I have had done nothing um but it's really just because they're messing things up right after I've cleaned it you've already done it 10 times right and I think that 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 really really actually um I think that helped in that sense where he now realized what I did and he was able to help me a lot more and he now takes a lot more initiative um so that was something that did did work for us I guess in our favor Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah well that was a lot. That was. Sorry about that interruption. <laughs> I feel like we could have stopped and stopped recording, but I was just like, no, this is real. Just leave it. Like, yeah. it's normal. Like, this is literally, you know, what we face, you know, especially as, like, female or entrepreneurs that are female. Let's put it that way. I don't want to mm-hmm. be called a female entrepreneur, but entrepreneurs that are female. Like, there's that extra, you know, step. Like, that mom part. Like, that mom life. Yeah, entrepreneurs that are moms, like, especially as you've got that. Yeah. yeah. A mompreneur, is that what they call it? Yeah, mompreneur. But you know what? I Like, hey, I feel like my husband, if he was recording some sort of episode, if there would be no 
hearing from me, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. Yeah, for sure. So, but I think it's just the realness of it and we're keeping it in and that's how you hear it in there. So just have a little laugh or a little chuckle because I'm sure there's a lot of you that listen um, that juggled the same hats. How many phone calls have you taken when your kid has just like randomly interrupted you? (laughs) Consider it like one of those. Oh, it's like Tyler will not take a phone call. So he could be home, for example, like I worked from home for his company for a year. And during that time, like, I'd have to make phone calls when I had Olivia. So I could be dealing something, and all of a sudden she'll start screaming. I'm like, I'm sorry. And, like, I'm on the phone with, like, the insurance company. Yeah, sorry. It's just my daughter. Like, my apologies, you know. Whenever mm-hmm. he's like, I can't be on the phone right now. Like, she's screaming. I'm like, welcome to, to my, my world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, but they're just like, how do you do that? I'm like, yeah. I just do it. You like, do I, it. <laughs> yeah, I guess, too, it's like learning to let go of that shame, right? Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, sorry, this is what it is. This is my situation. Like, oh my God, take yeah. it or leave it, right? And a yeah. lot of times, like, I'm paying you, so if you want to complain, well, yeah. I won't <laughs> be paying you said, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that happened to me yesterday. I was on a Zoom call, and all of a sudden, Haley was in her crib, and she wouldn't fall asleep, and she's calling me and calling me and calling me. So I, like, take my Zoom, like, on my computer, holding my laptop, walk to the bedroom, pick up my kid, and, like, bring her with me, and she's, like, tapping the keyboard, and the other person on the, on the line was just, like, having a great laugh and whatever, but I'm like, ah, like, I'm not, it is what it is. It's, it's the glories of life. (laughs) We're doing what we can with what we've got, right? Exactly. Um, so kind of like to continue on what we're saying. Um, so we've talked about like the conflicts that we have, the kind of differences in communication and just like the things that we most like that we feel like are the most common occurrences in regards to conflict in our relationship. But is there any like particular thing like that is successful for you guys to kind of navigate through that? Like, do you have an anchor that helps you pull out of that heat of the moment, like frustration or that anger or that emotion and keep focused on like the important things and like keep focused on the actual issue at hand? Like, yeah, totally. So Tyler and I, um, have a book and like, we got this from, I think it's who told us about this. One of our counselors, I believe maybe our pastor. Anyways, it's a book called Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egerich, Egerich's, Egg, something like that. Um, we'll link it in the show notes or we'll write it down so if people are interested in the book. But basically, um, this it's a cycle. It's called, he calls it like the crazy cycle. So basically, without love, she reacts. Without respect, he reacts. So all conflicts stem from that point of a woman who feels unloved or a man who feels disrespected. Um, and that's literally our anchor. So it's, it's, that's our way of recognizing, um, that we're in a cycle of conflict, that we're in Mm. a cycle of disagreements, um, by saying like, okay, well, and we've had this conversation, like, I'm feeling unloved. And he's like, I'm feeling disrespected. And like, okay, well then we need to like reset and get back on that cycle because what ends up happening is instead of being on the crazy cycle you be you you go on what he calls the energizing cycle which is like his love motivates her respect which motivates his love so basically if you're feeling loved then you're respecting him and if he you know if he's feeling respected he's loving you and yes sometimes it happens that you just have to continually respect him and show that respect um and sometimes it'll take a little bit for you to get that love back kind of like the cycle the circle to keep going um and vice versa right but you just do it through that trust that it's going to kind of repair right 
mm-hmm. because it might take him take some time. Um, but yes, and then in that kind of context of like that anger that pulls us out of the heat of the moment anger. Um, obviously, we separate. Like I said, Tyler doesn't like talk about things, so it's taking the time to pull apart, separate, and um, come back later when we're calmed down. Mm-hmm. Our daughter, for example, like we have such a great attachment to her. Um, and this just speaks to, um, like attachment and like, you know, raising your children a lot of times, um, this can happen and people might notice this when they're, um, kind of disagreeing or arguing, but Tyler and I don't even have to, um, like we're not yelling. Um, but if we are arguing or disagreeing about something, even in our normal tone, well, what we think is our normal tone, um, because as you start to have conflicts or arguments, like your brain goes down to like your base level of skill right so you're no longer using like process thought you're using um basically your natural instinct that's what kind of comes down to which includes starting to like raise your voice so our daughter can like sense that in our conversation it's like mommy daddy stop and we're like Livy we're just talking but what we forget to realize or forget or don't realize is that they can pick up on that little change in tone or that little change in like posture right and that's where um she's one of the things that it's like oh okay key like we're not arguing but obviously there's like a disagreement that's going on here and she's seeing that which I, don't get me wrong i think is appropriate i think healthy conflict resolution skills are important to teach your children um because they're they're going to be faced with that in the world yeah right not just your spouse but um also with friends or you know coworkers or whatever that case is um and then just like, so basically in that book, when we're talking about that, he uses the acronym, uh, two acronyms for men and for women. Um, but basically one is called couple and then one is called chairs. Super. The one seems kind of random, but for men, so that basically the couple explains how like to spell love to your wife, you know? So making sure you have that closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty, and esteem. So that's what the man, um, how a man can show his wife, um, love. And then for respect, like how a woman can like basically spells respect to her uh, partner or her husband um, is chairs, right? So conquest, hierarchy, authority, insight, relationship, and sexuality, which is kind of like we, and we talked on some of those, right? Just having that um, and having an understanding of those um, words will help a lot as well. Because like I said, that it comes from that cycle, you know, of like respect and love. And it's so important um, to do that. And like we were saying before, right recognizing that our communication is different yeah um one of the things in that book that he talks about is the perception so um a key point is like when we say like we have nothing to wear we mean we have like nothing new whereas like a guy says i have nothing to wear it's like oh i just don't have clean clothes right (laughs) same sentence different context so we and we all see we see things from our own perspective right so sometimes we might, might say something or we see something that we feel like they're doing but they feel like opposite about it totally so i just find that um interesting and it's really important to have that right because uh that cycle will just like i was saying continue to perpetuate and um you know we need to have that healthy conflict and to have a uh, conflict resolution um but yeah it's not you know sometimes if you're in the heat of it it's hard to get out yeah. of, of and it can lead to um you know like can become worse than it needs to be um if we don't recognize recognize that but um what are some anchors that you have or what are some ways that you recognize that you are in a conflict and you need to kind of get out of that moment or that heat of the moment anger right 
So I can pretty easily identify when a conflict is going down. Um, it's a matter Shit's about to go down. <laughs> oh shit! Um, but it's a matter of getting out of it. Is something that I've really, really learned. Um, we've both proactively been trying to learn. Is like we work. Um, we have completely different languages and ways of expressing ourselves. And I'm just going to use an example here. And this actually kind of goes into the self-esteem kind of conflict, which I didn't mention being one of our main ones because it's not a main one, but this is just one of the really pivotal moments of our relationship is, um, so Rick is very much motivated by like, I don't know how to describe it, but like he's motivated by like negative talk almost. Um, so he, like, I'm using this as an example. If we're at the gym, Rick wants to be, like, pushed. He wants mm. me to call him out on, like, not working hard enough. He wants me to tell him he can do better. And that's his way of <laughs> my, my shoes, like, making noises. She's farting. It's I'm not. I'm not. It's, it's re- my Crocs. It's Crocs. <laughs> I don't know. That was worse. You probably should have owned up to the farting. Yeah, okay. <laughs> It's not my Crocs. I farted. No, my Crocs are rubbing against my vehicle. It's, it's just like a part of. <laughs> oh my god, these things are so yeah, bad. Y'all, she wears Crocs. See, I they're Ricks. We gotta, we gotta see, take a picture. Cause I'm telling you, I mean, I'm wearing Converse, like short Converse and long socks. But Converse whatever. are nicer than Crocs. These but are with a long sock. Like yeah. these are ankle Converse. You still look good. Like call me Urkel, <laughs> Steve Urkel. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so Rick is like, Once yeah, push. He he's motivated by like he wants to be pushed and he wants to almost like be knocked down a few pegs and that's what's gonna help him like light that fi- internal fire within himself. And I'm very, um, in every aspect, okay. so like career, like anything. Um, I don't know about in the bedroom. I haven't <laughs> tried that, <laughs> but um, we'll yeah. let you guys know. <laughs> But that's just him. I'm using the gym as an example because it's a real life scenario that we've had. And after I had had Haley, I was struggling a lot with my weight and I was just like, I was stuck. I couldn't figure out like where, like how to get myself back on track and whatever. And he used a lot of like negative reinforcement. Mm. So this is kind of something that you can use as an example. So like a lot of the time when you're training like a dog or something, like you use (laughs) negative reinforcement, like a lot, you know what I mean? Like, no, like, don't do this. Like, you're not like, this isn't right. This is wrong. And some people do this. Like, it's just that it's how they are, how they operate. Um, And he's one of those people where he's just like a pusher. He wants to push you to do more. He wants to push you to be better. He, Mm -hmm. He sees the potential in you, but the way that he expressed it to me at the time was just not cool. So like he would say things that I felt like were degrading and they were not kind things but he, really he just wanted to push me out of my comfort zone and like get a fire lit within me to like do what he knew that I could do mm-hmm. where I'm the type of person where like even if I am not doing a lot or if I'm not you know where I want to be and like you know I can do better I'm the type of person where like a pat on the back and like you're doing great that's how I operate like that's what motivates me is like mm-hmm. words of affirmation yeah. um so that was one thing that we really had to learn about each other too is like when it came to like even career and work and things like that like you know if he felt stuck um sometimes I would have to kind of like say to him like well you can do more than this like you you are capable of more than this like where are you at like what are you going to do about it how are you going to change like 
Whereas I'm the type of person where I would want him to say something like that. Like, you're doing great. You're, it's, you're, you're safe and perfect where you are. Like, you're doing an amazing job. And that's just how I am. So we had to learn even, like, same thing in our communication when it came to, like, having disagreements. Like, I wanted him to tell me I'm doing really, really great in the household and all of that stuff like that. And, like, <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to, like, negatively motivate. That's just not who I am. Mm. And I don't want to be neg- negatively motivated. Um, but... In that regard, like that was just in that particular situation, but learning each other's language. And another thing too was like, you know, if I bring things up, I've learned, I've come to learn that if I bring up concern, um, and sometimes he can feel attacked. Right. So if I can preface it by just saying like, I'm not saying this, you know, to make you feel like badly or like you're not competent or like whatever the case is, but this is what I'm feeling or I, or I need more help with this. Um, I have to just, I try and just come from a point of like, what would he want to hear based on like how he operates? Yeah, totally. And that's where I think it goes into that love and respect cycle. So one of the things you touched on was like, he wants to like the comments you're making, like you're saying they were negative for you, like do it like this, like pushing you. And that's not what you wanted to hear. And for that, like, um, that comes from like when we talk about chairs, so conquest, like his, so which is, is appreciating his desire to like work and achieve and then uh, authority, like appreciating his desire to serve and to lead. Right. So he's trying to like, um, you know, like help you with decisions or like motivate you or like, um, kind of like his like efforts or to, like, to show you that. Right. And that's coming from, you know, I'm not saying he's doing it wrong, but yeah. like, but no, that that's what he wants mm-hmm. and that's how he would like he would be felt feel respected yeah. but like he needs to show you love which comes from like when we look at the word like the acronym couple you know um esteem so you, you want to be we want to be honored we want to be cherished you know we want um that closeness and the understanding so like don't fix me but like connect with me and you know show me like appreciation for just the way I am right yeah. but also motivate me but like do it in that sense in a kind way exactly yeah. like even just lately like as an example we've both been really um focusing on our goal to better our health whereas like if I were to pick up a bag of chips I would want him to just shut up and let me eat my bag of chips and like I'll deal with myself later whereas if he's eating a bag of chips I'll call him out and be like really do you think you need that and that'll, like, motivate him to put it down. And it's not that I'm tearing him to his self-esteem down. It's that that's the language that actually will be, like, to him, like, she's right. I don't need this bag of chips. I'm going to go grab a bag of carrots instead. Like, that's just how I know how he functions. And sometimes he laughs at it now because he's like, now you know how, mm-hmm. how like, you're using that on me now. But yeah. it's because I know I know that's, that's how he receives his motivation and, and things like that. And, and it's just, like... Yeah, it's universal. Just learning um, their language in every other aspect. Like if if we have, I try and very much give him his gold stars now for doing yeah. things because I know that that's how he receives mm-hmm. like being, how he feels appreciated. And yeah. same thing, like you know, I don't. Everybody feels appreciated when you express your gratitude. But sometimes you just like for me, I didn't feel like every time he did the dishes, I needed to give a thank you because it was something that I just. It was, like, a normal thing to me, yeah. right? But now that I know that it's something that's super important to him, if I say thank you, I'll keep doing the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> so. And sometimes it's not even about a thank you. So the other night, um, just talking about, you know, what motivates our husbands or relationships or that cycle, right, is, like, um, I went to bed and he put the tires on the car and did all this stuff and he came to bed, like, quite 
uh, I was gonna say late, but quite early in the morning, um, after doing all that. And I just like rolled over and woke up like a bit, um, when he came into bed and I was like, you know what? I just wanted to say like, I really appreciate how hard you're working at providing for our family. Mm -hmm. And the next morning I came home and he had washed the floors and he, the next day he put up a fan in our room and did all this stuff right it's the that's the concept is like he felt respected yeah and what's funny not funny i guess but just like to go to show you as an example is um the next night he ended up like cuddling up to me in bed which he hasn't done in like quite some time because he's like cool i just like laying on the other side whatever right but Mm -hmm. he was showing me love because he felt respected yeah so it's just very interesting, like, you know, it's just something we take for granted and we don't think about, but you'll really, if you can input those, like that, um, process and if you could put that into place, if you could try it out, you know, um, and just kind of say like, you know, I was thinking about all the ways, um, you just provide for us and I really appreciate it. Or just thinking about how, um, you know, just how, you know, just wait, wait, sorry, to just show your like respect, right? Like, yeah. um, because that's going to motivate your partner. You know, and if you can put that into place, I think you'll, it'll see, like, a world difference. And it's not going to happen overnight. And, like I said, we get off that cycle all the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's just getting back on it, recognizing that you're not on it and going back into that cycle. But, yeah, it's... And same for husbands. Like, if you start showing your wife, like, like showing your wife love and, you know, by using those acronyms, by, like, becoming close and being open and understanding and... Um, saying you're sorry that's part of the p for peacemaking you know mm. women i think that's so important like every all these like women want to hear an apology we want the, i'm sorry like oh th- oh my god thank you so much you know like we say it i'm bad at saying sorry well i mean it doesn't taste great in your mouth when it comes out but i mean i feel like a lot of times too like i say it because i'm just like i don't want to be fighting anymore and this is the way for me to do it but again that's like like you said like this is our language it's not theirs yeah so it's recognizing that to have that cohesiveness is we need to speak to them how um they receive it and vice versa they need to speak to us how we receive that right um and i think it'll make a difference like i said like i i you know one sentence right mm-hmm. you know it wasn't hard for me to say um i think words of affirmation everybody appreciates those right mm-hmm. which is like going to love language but like it's the feelings of respect so however that looks um doesn't have to necessarily be words like it could be like you're saying like something you know some physical touch way of saying of showing that right maybe it's a massage if that's per- like how they like that you know just respecting like their hard work right by doing that and like showing it that way mm-hmm. um yeah and then we get that feeling of love and that doesn't necessarily mean like for me tyler knows one of my love languages is acts of service yeah so that's why he put up the fan that's why he mopped the floors you know and then we both like words of affirmation but his is physical touch usually um and words of affirmation but you know, and that's how that happens, right? Like, so he was speaking to me in my love languages. And, like, that's another whole other topic. And I think um, we get caught up in doing our own lang- love languages for other people, too, which is something to consider. Yes. But, um, totally. yeah, so I think, you know, like, leading into tips and advice, right? I think it's important to, oh, that's another thing is don't, like, make sure. So I guess, so yeah, we kind of talk, touched about this already. But, like, make sure that when you're talking about um your problems are if you separate when you're like dealing with conflict that you talk about them at an appropriate time right like yeah. making sure we're not trying to bring it up right before bed or we're not trying to bring it up when our kids are home we're not trying to do it in front of other people 
right? Because that's also going to show disrespect to them. Like, you know, airing your dirty laundry, right? Um, what are some other tips like you think um, that we can just recap on that we mentioned? Well, a tip that I want to give myself that I know I know <laughs> I need to actively more um, engage in is um, making a conscious effort to unpack heavy issues and topics as they come up yes. instead of letting them compound and creating that implosion. And remembering to like, disagreements and tension they really are just a vessel and a vehicle for you to grow closer and to gain a better understanding of each other they don't have to have a negative connotation to them right Mm. they can be um that motivation to create more um effective communication and understanding and you're building a life if you're planning on building a life with this person like whether your relationship is new whatever the case is but if this is someone that you want to spend your life with you're going to need to get comfortable with the fact that conflict is going to arise and yes. you need to decide whether or not you're committed to being able to work through that with this person. And with each conflict comes progress, hopefully, and the next one can be handled a little bit more effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on that note, like with the conflict and the progress, if you if you need help with that progress, like it's okay to seek professional help. Absolutely. So whether that's like a, a, you know, a marriage counselor or a therapist, or if you want to do like individual counseling, couples counseling, just like sometimes you need other people to help you, you know, or to talk it through with you or to explain both perspectives. Cause like going to a therapist doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be all one-sided or you're going to like, you know, make your partner look bad. You know, when you're seeking that professional help, they have the ability to, to talk to you about both sides and bring in both perspectives. Like, yes, maybe your partner isn't there and maybe they can't necessarily identify all the main concerns or issues, but at least in some aspects they can, kind of relate to where both people may be coming from yeah and help you recognize that right so yeah being that non-biased um opinion and just really being able to kind of give you some guidance and shed some light on some areas i find um that you're just not thinking of because you're so caught up in like how you're feeling right totally and one of the things we wanted to add is if you're experiencing conflict in your relationship and it feels like it may be uh like of an unsafe or an abusive nature um please seek help as it is available so if you're in an abusive relationship or you know someone who may be please see the show notes for more information on your local resources for violence prevention um and if you are in immediate danger uh please call 911 and that's it for today you guys thank you so much for listening to this episode and make sure that you subscribe and keep tuning into future episodes We love hearing from you, so let us know what you thought of this episode. And if there's any topic that you want to hear about or any questions you want answered, send us an email to the address we've linked below in the show notes. Remember to tell your friends about the show. And don't forget, girls have